Hey, hey, it's Andy Anes, and you're listening or watching to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston postgame show presented by the Saxinian family. Big props to them for being a primary sponsor of the show. This is a final show in which they will be the primary sponsor. So it was a it was a perfect game to walk it off for the Saxinian family. But going forward, we will be looking for primary sponsors. So if you are interested in helping helping us out as the Houston Cougars men's basketball season continues, be sure to reach out at Let's Rage Cougs at gmail.com. Before we get started, also a shout out to our other sponsor, Star Pete. Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Also, a big shout out to Hoop and Holler, the Houston Micro Collective. They are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials that you see with DeAnthony Jones and Zach Ave. A big shout out to BB's, the home of Texas Orleans Cooking. BB's being a sponsor of Let's Rage Coops. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at BB's Texas Orleans. And also, be sure to Give a shout to the Fritz Kennel, located at 9513 Yependale Drive in Houston, Texas. The Fritz Kennel is a family-owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding, daycare, and bass. That is bass as in bathing for the uh, furry friends joining us from uh, um, Houston. Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Dayon joining me as well. We're scattered all over the United States, but here we are still covering uh, the University of Houston Cougars men's basketball team, a wild game. It clearly um, it, by far the toughest challenge for Houston so far early in the season, and Houston comes away with a 66-56 win. How are both of you guys doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. We stayed to stay like license plates, man. Andy out there mm-hmm. covering. Chris in H-Town. I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm feeling good. Good dub. Yeah. Once again, tell everybody where you are, Dayon. I'm in Missouri right now. Missouri, and a year in Oregon, and I'm in H Town. Yes, sir. Technology, baby. Yeah, oh, and just turned off the lights for me here in Oregon, but that that's okay. We'll keep going. Um, and I mean, let's where where do we start? This was a, cr- a really interesting game, just in regards to the way of the flow it went. Marcus Sasser uh, got in foul trouble early, and we're gonna hear uh, Kelvin Sampson in a post game clip at halftime. Houston led twenty seven. Or they led 31-24. They led by seven. And Kelvin Sampson said that he was happy with where they were just because of first Sasser missed 12 minutes of the first half. Terrence Arsenal, he had, I know, Dan, you said it a couple of episodes ago that he had his coming out party. I can't remember. It might have been Oral Roberts um, in that game where you said that, well, he had his other coming out, but coming out party part two in his fifth game of his collegiate career. He had, he provided a huge spark for the Houston Cougars, especially offensively but it wasn't just scoring points I know he knocked down his first three-pointer but he was just all over for Houston in regards to in the passing lanes getting rebounds he finished with five rebounds doing all those little things that impact winning which is something you're going to hear Kelvin talk about and what he liked from Terrence Arsenal when they recruited him but I think he he was the one that helped spark a 12-0 run for Houston they kind of created separation that really Oregon found itself trying to claw its way out of for the rest of the game and they just couldn't get over that hump Yep, and he's gotten better every single game. And his first his first road game went on his personal eight zero run. Not only um, did he make shots, like you said, he he rebounded the basketball, in which Houston was going up against a bigger team. And he really was the spark to kind of keep Houston alive and help them build that league in that first half. And just very impressed with his maturation over this early part of the season. He's getting 
them better game by game by game. And I was just very impressed. What you see tonight, Chris from Terrence? His talent, his potential. I mean, he and touched on the, the 12-0 run. He had 10 of those points in that 12-0 run. Mm-hmm. And Jarrett's had the other two. So 15 and five for him. I, let's be picky. Let's be picky about a, a theme, a theme that has happened pretty much in these first five games. It's been a one point, one rebound edge here and there. Mm-hmm. First four yep. games. Tonight it was 37-28 Oregon. Yep. Oregon dominated the Cougs on the glass in the first half. Cougs eating it up in the second half. But I mean, you just got to call out some names. Reggie Cheney, 16 minutes, zero rebounds. That's, that's hard to do. 16, 16 minutes, no boards. Ramon Walker, no boards in seven minutes. Usually he gets two or three just by crashing, you know, whatever. Um, Juwan Roberts and Fale Dante's better player, clearly. But it took Juwan most of the game to get to five rebounds. So that's just call like it is. So I'm sure Coach Sampson and the staff are going to continue hammering, hammering that because first five games, what used to be an advantage for Houston game in, game out, has not presented itself yet. But they're still 5-0. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we're picking this stuff because they're, they're winning different ways. Mm-hmm. Balanced scoring tonight. Arsenal got in double digits. Marcus came back after foul trouble. And still led the team in scoring with 16 points. Jamal Shedd carried the freight in the first half, played the whole first half, 11 points. Him and Terrence carried their load in the, in the first half. Jess Walker battled foul trouble, still got 10 points. Just different ways to win, man. I mean, that, that's what good teams do. You win different ways, and this is what they're doing. Yep. I, and I, I think, um, piggyback on what Chris point about rebounding. I think that we're a smaller team this year, starting two six eight players, really two power forwards, and it, it shows. I know Jay Wan's a great rebounder as far as with his energy, but it shows when you're going against two seven footers and players with that length. He 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 really kind of looked like the player that he's been in recent years, as far as just with his limitations going up against long, really athletic talent. But um, although they got out rebounded, they still um, got led to second chance points, 17 second chance points to only 15 in Oregon. So that's a good thing. I think it's just going to be a collective effort in, in the rebounding. I think they're trying to limit teams to not really just pound them on the boards, but it, it is something I'm not used to seeing. Like you're yeah. right. Like you, 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 you used to seeing Houston just dominate on the boards. Um, Justin Gordon, who's six, eight, but he would just be just everywhere on the glass. And then last year you had a seven-footer pretty much with Carlton and, and, and Fabe has good size, so that's a different length. But I'm really not used to seeing that rebounding. So it's really going to be, I think, up to the guards. I think the guards is really going to really, really have to help gang rebound a lot this year. And more to that point from day on, I forget what it's called. I think Coach Sanders mentions dagger, stag dagger when they tip it out. Yeah, we're seeing the team, the Cougs, get one hand on the ball and not getting loose balls with two hands. So that's part of the rebounding. So I think they're getting tip outs, but they're not securing it. So mm-hmm. that's going to be an issue. But thirty to nine points off turnovers. So they're just finding different ways to beat teams. You know, hey, we'll take it. The staff is they're not going to get taller. You know, <laughs> yeah. Francis has long arms, but he's still six eight six nine. So they're not going to get taller. 
Yeah. That's crash board differently. That's the thing that Calvin Sampson emphasized. You're going to hear from him in a bit, in a second. But he said, uh, and, and something, it's just Oregon. Oregon and how how lengthy and how tall they are. In particular, the the guy that gave them problems all game long was Dante, number one, the center, 6'11 center uh, for the Ducks. He had he finished the game uh, with 16 points and 11 rebounds, and he had a lot of, in particular, offensive boards. That's where he did a lot of his damage against Houston. And it's something that Calvin Sampson mentioned a year ago when Houston played Oregon in um, Las Vegas when it was part of the, uh, the Maui Invitational. It was not in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. He talked about how Houston had the advantage, and they really limited the damage he was able to do a season ago. And a big part of that was because of the veterans that they had playing at that position, Fabian White, Josh Carlton. Well, fast forward a year, and it's a lot different when you have Jairus Walker and Jawan Roberts up there in the front court. He called he called Roberts in particular a sophomore because he still has two more years to play after this, is what Kelvin said. And then, obviously, we know that Jairus Walker is in his first season, only his fifth collegiate career game. Uh, for Houston, but before we segue and, and actually get to hear from Kelvin Sampson, once again, I want to give a shout out to the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor of the show. It is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family, and it is Let's Rage Cougs after dark, like Michael Jones said. A little too late for me tonight, fellas. Keep up the great coverage. I'll be listening to the recording. So, Michael, whenever you are listening to this, however you you may be listening, wherever you may be listening, thank you for tuning in. And that goes for everyone else that might not catch the live stream on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. But also a big shout out to our other sponsors, Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind the NIL commercials, specifically with Star Pizza. They'll sack Ave commercials with the football team, Houston football team if you didn't check out our let's reach coups episode last night be sure to do so as houston went up to north carolina and absolutely dominated east carolina on their senior night but that tosses it over to our other sponsor in star pizza they are houston's best pizza since 1976 and our other sponsor bb's the home of tex orleans cooking bb's be sure to follow them on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at bb's tex orleans and last but not least a big shout out to our sponsor in the Fritz Kennel, a family owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding, daycare, and anything else that will help your furry friend while you are away and need to travel. And on that note, I'll toss it over to Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson after the game against the Ducks. Size is a factor. I mean, uh, uh, Dante, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, he struggled against us last year. Of course, you know, we had veteran guys last year. We had two uh, fifth-year seniors, and this year we got a freshman. And um, uh, Roberts is a uh, actually a sophomore. Uh, he's got two more years after this. So you can tell our, our, our size, uh, you know, was a little bit of a factor. But um, I never thought that was going to lose the game for us because I thought – you know, they we, for the most part we kept them out of the paint, and our pick and roll defense was good. But um, you know, he's huge. That, that kid is huge. And uh, Biddle hurts a little bit sometimes. We didn't crack back. But um, you know, Oregon's a good team. There's they got they got a great front line. Virier's uh, a uh, tough matchup. You know, he's six eight, two thirty on the wing. Seven, they're seven foot, seven foot, six eight. Um, but our kids. Uh, um, you know, knock down 
big shots. Uh, our defense was outstanding. Anytime you go on the road and hold a team to 38% in their gym, you know, it's, that's pretty good. And um, I think our, our ball movement was uh, good the second half. Um, and then we took care of the ball. You know, we had uh, 10 turnovers on the road. You know, when you defend and take care of the ball, our offensive rebounding was good the second half. We got a bunch of second chance points, second chance opportunities. But this is one of those games I told them when we get an offensive rebound tonight, don't go back over. You're not, no, you're not going. You're not scoring over those guys in, inside. Throw it back out. Restart the clock. You know, as long as we have the ball, they can't score. And you hit 11 of 22 threes when you yeah, did that. Yeah, and they were all off of uh, assist. Mm -hmm. The ball was moving. You know, um, and it's still early. I mean, there's there's not one part of the game that we're not going to get better at as we go. This is our fifth game. It's not our 25th game. It's our fifth game. That means Terrence Arsenault's played five games, college games in his career. Walker's played five. And look at and look how those guys played tonight on the road and in front of uh, 14, 15,000. I was I was proud of them. We didn't play great, but um, uh, it's not it's not time to play great. It's November. You just November's about. Uh, uh, winning and learning, and that's what we did tonight. Kelvin on the oh, Kelvin on the topic of Arsenal gave you guys a spark in the first half. In the second half, Marcus Sasser comes in after being in foul trouble. What does that say about your guys? I mean, just guard depth overall. Well, I think what it says is, um, you know, we're. I was ecstatic at halftime. Marcus played four minutes first half, I think four and a half, something like that. Um, you know, uh, Jarris was uh, in foul trouble. Marcus in foul trouble, but we're up seven. Mm -hmm. You know, you gonna have nights like that. Uh, how, how do you win? Who, who do you go to? Um, Terrence is getting better and better in practice. And, um, you know, like most of our, our new guys, when they learn to practice, then they, they've earned the right to play well in games. And we, we really believe that. You know, Terrence, Terrence is learning how to practice. He's learning how to prepare. Um, and that kid, has, and that kid is, is a winner. I've always, when we recruited him out of high school, um, you know, I always thought he was a kid that could impact winning in different ways. He can rebound. Um, he doesn't guard the bounce as well now as he will as, he, as we go on. Um, and Jarris, too. I mean, last year we, we were dealing with older veteran guys. This year we got freshmen. So, you know, with those freshmen, you got to learn to live with their mistakes. Anything else? I, one, I have one more question, sorry, Coach. Uh, in regards to, towards the end, in regards to the freshmen, there was a, and I'm just curious, from my perspective, it looked like Jarris Walker passed up a shot with, like, the shot clock winding down. Is yeah. that something that he needs to... Well, Tremont did, too. Mm -hmm. Tremont probably should have take, take his. He, when Tremont passed his up, he put us behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. Then when Jarris passed, passed his up, um, we, uh, you know, we just might as well hand him the ball, mm -hmm. you know, but... You know, we had 60-some uh, possessions tonight, so learn. We'll learn from that. Gotcha. Thank you, Coach. Okay. Thank you. Once again, that was Houston Tourist men's basketball head coach Kelvin Sampson. Had high praise for Terrence Arsenal and, and just touched on overall a lot of different things. I think the thing that stuck out to me is when he was talking about Terrence Arsenal, and really he just went in-depth about how um, the direct quote, Ter Terrence is learning how to practice, he's learning how to prepare, and that kid is a winner. He went on to – Really, even going back to his high school days when they recruited him, he just like how he impacts winning. But I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on what Calvin Sampson had to say post game after the win against Oregon. I'll go first, Dion, because uh, I think you may have seen a couple of 
championship games, even high school playoffs, whatever. But at United, the Bowman United, he made winning plays. Key steal, block shot, whatever his team needed to do to win state championship. That's what he did. He locked up best players, so-called best players, and got it done. So he is a winner. But we're talking about the Cougs losing the boards, 37-28. It was still 17-15 Cougs, second-chance points. So they still got it done at second-chance points. Okay, it's just different. This team, 11 for 22 from three. They won't do that often, but tonight they needed it, 50% from three. They're finding ways to win. And that's what you want to do. We talked about the first four games were not ideal competition. Well, tonight was a little bit better competition. The Cougs found a way to win tonight. That's what they're going to do. It's a learning experience. Five games in, they're going to have some blips, bumps on the road, but they won tonight in a different way than they have the first four games. Yeah, to me, I think um, they won with their defense tonight. I think that that's um, the calling card. Um, of the program, and I think that's what won them the game tonight. You call 16 turnovers, and you score almost half of your points off of those turnovers, 30 points. I mean, 17 points in transition, but that defense was the difference. I mean, you know, they really – even though they were a smaller team, they didn't allow the post players to really get many post points, paint points, or um, points in the, in the paint. They only gave up 32 points in the paint, and some of those came off offensive rebounds. It really was mu- – wasn't must it wasn't much post um scoring and so i mean that defense was really enlightening their energy it was one point in that first half i know terrence gave a spark but it was just sticking out to me how um oregon could not match the intensity that houston plays with especially on the defensive end they just could not handle that pressure they were fumbling the ball they were turning the ball over allowing houston to get out in transition and getting those easy points and not forcing them to have to execute in the half court set in which I think Houston, man, that defense, it was really good. If they can continue to keep that up in which I think they will with those guards who was on the floor, whether it's Marcus, whether it's Jamal or the Jamon. And Jamon played really well tonight. I definitely want to give him his flowers, not even looking at his points. Hold, I think he maybe finished with eight, which is his energy, his effort, his tip rebounds, the rebounds that he got, his playmaking. He really, really had a great all around game tonight. And so, I think, man, like you talked about, we talked about it, Chris. They can beat you in so many different ways. This, this team is very versatile, but the calling card is their defense and the way they move the ball, too. Um, I think the way that um, Marcus closed the show, like, that's what you want from your All American mm-hmm. in the second half. The way he was come out and closed the show it was being very aggressive, and everything he gets is in the flow of the offense. Man, this team has the potential to be special. Man, I was very impressed with this win tonight. And about the about the free throw shooting, second half, Oregon 13 for 14, Cougs 1 for 1. <laughs> and the Cougs still won on the road by 10 points. Now, Oregon didn't get that first foul in the second half called to like under two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they started – they had to foul because they're trying to extend the game. By that point, it was already over. <laughs> but yeah. Sasser – Excuse me, Andy. Coombs are up by six. Sasser at the corner three-pointer under a minute to go. That was a dagger right there. So a close. He's a, he closed out the game for the Cougs like an All-American should. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What I was going to say just in regards to Dayon's point about Jamal Shedd, um, and it, it, maybe it's a bit of an underrated aspect in this game. It gets lost with the flurry that Terrence Arsenal had. But Jamal Shedd, he was a pivot, uh, pivotal player in regards yeah. to Houston being able to 
not only stay afloat when Marcus Sasser was out with foul trouble, but really being able to be uh, that point guard leader that, like Dayon said, you tweeted out, he reminds you so much of Chris Paul, and he was able to be that floor general for Houston, so that was big. Chris, you hit it right on the head in regards to Marcus Sasser. He was closer for Houston. He hit that dagger. Uh, and it credit to Oregon because Houston got up to by 16 points in the second half, mm-hmm. and they rallied back. And that, uh, that's that was kind of the difference in the game. It always seemed like they were trying to claw from behind. Um, they cut it down to six. They had a couple of chances, um, decent looks, um, at potentially being able to get closer, and they weren't able to do it. And then Marcus Sasser shut the door with that three that put them up by nine with, I think, I can't remember if it was under a minute. It was certainly under two minutes left in the game. But Marcus Sasser, I think that that he needs to get a lot of credit for what he was able to do in the second half, despite uh, really the foul trouble that limited him in the first half. And, Chris, like you said, he did what an All-American should do. Yep. And but Jamal, we got a man, um, like you said, Jamal really, really um, ignited the team before even Terrence came in. And mm-hmm. – what was reminding me of Chris Paul, not only his floor generalship, but the, his timely shots that he make. He makes timely shots when the momentum might be fully swung to the other team. He will make a timely shot, whether it's knocking down a couple threes, um, picking up where he left off last game, finally getting that rhythm, or then getting getting inside, hitting his floater, um, get or finishing a, around the rim or making the right pass. And he's just a pit bull on defense, just like CP3 in his younger days. He was, was a pit bull on defense, get steals. And, man, Jamal had a great game. I love everything about his basketball IQ and the way he controls the game and let me let me respond to the question uh about darius bowser he's not gonna play a lot folks don't expect a lot of minutes from him he's a big body he's more of a practice player for the kooks okay he has a big body but he's not going to be counted on to get a lot of minutes this kook's going to rely on jarris walker jawan roberts Reddy cheney and jv francis not darius bowser if darius bowser's playing a lot of minutes that means probably somebody's hurt. Okay, that's not a knock on Darius Bowser, but that's not why he was brought in. He was brought into the team to be a physical presence in practice. That's that's his main role. It'd be a good player, be a role player. You know, if needed, coach Darius go in there and, and pick up two fouls and re- two rebounds in two minutes. Yes, sir. That's all he's going to do if called upon. But he's not going to be playing five, ten minutes every game. Not going to happen. We are going to hear from Terrence Arsenault momentarily, who, again, like we've mentioned throughout the show, he was a big spark for Houston in that first half. This is our, I, I don't know if it's our all-time most viewed live show. I, I guess we need to start doing Let's Rage Cougs after dark more often. I think it was much more exciting. I think that was the, the football game after the, um, the two-line loss. Yeah, might yeah. Be, but pause. <laughs> up there. Answer Sean's question. Tell him where you are, man. Sean. Andy, did you make the trip to Oregon? Yes, sir. I did on assignment for gallerysports.com, which I have the post-game recap of the game that is up right now. And in the morning, whenever you guys wake up in Houston, there will be a supplementary piece on um, some of the sound bites that you're hearing and just an extra story in regards to um, post-game reaction from Calvin Sampson. I spoke with Jamal Shedd and Terrence Arsenal, who you're going to hear in a second. So, um, on assignment, all expenses paid. Um, but no, I'm not. I'm just put. Be that proud, up. man. Hey, <laughs> you earned <laughs> on, it, man. Be proud. On, 
on that on that note, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor once again, the primary sponsor for the final time, at least as of now, the Saxinian family. And like I said at the top of the show, being able to really end it with a bang until further notice in regards to being a primary sponsor because this is by far the most toughest challenge that it was for Houston on the road the first true road game of the of the season for Houston and they come out with a 66 to 56 win over the Oregon Ducks so big shout out to let's uh, to, to the Saxonian family once again it is let's rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family and here comes the role of our other sponsors who we are truly grateful for because without them we wouldn't be able to be doing let's rage Cougs it helps us continue to keep going first and foremost hoop and holler the houston micro collective they are the entity behind the star pizza commercials with sac ave um that if you have watched our football post game shows football let's rage coops you will hear them um or you will hear their ad or watch their ad um especially the anthony jones commercial uh, which segues into star pizza houston's best pizza since 1976 our other sponsor, The Fritz Kennel, a family-owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding. They are, once again, a local company. Be sure to find them at 9513 Yelpendale Drive in Houston, Texas. And uh, Texas Orleans Barbecue BBs, Tex Orleans Barbecue. Be sure to give them a follow on social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your preference is wherever you may be listening whatever is your go-to social media site it is the same across all platforms at bb's texas at bb's tex orleans that's two capital b's uh, s tex and then orleans once again that's bb's the home of tex orleans cooking and on that note i'll toss it over to terrence arsenal who spoke after the game after houston once again 66 to 56 victory over oregon ducks what were you looking for what, what kind of opportunities arrived I was just looking to come in and change the game, um, not really on the offensive end, but like on the defensive end mainly. Um, I know we were losing on a rebound um, total, so I was my main focus coming in was just rebounding when I'm open, just catch and shoot it, because I know Ma was going to find me like he does in practice. So. Big road win for you guys, man. True road game at a Pac-12 team. This is a nice, a nice step for you guys tonight. Right, it is, yeah, definitely. Um, first road game, um, it was very exciting. I'm glad I was able to do it with these guys. Um, you know, it was a great experience for me. I'm learning um, from the older guys, you know, and just hopefully we could continue this streak that we got going on right now and just continue to get better as a team. So, Terrence, one of the things that Kelvin always talks about is making plays that impact winning. Right. Um, outside of the points, you had, I think it was five rebounds. You really acted in the passing lanes. Um, how how do you approach that mindset and being able to, to take what Coach says and be able to make plays that impact winning for your team? Well, just going out there and playing hard. Uh, you know, his main focus uh, every day with me is just play hard and let your talent take over. So him and Coach Kellen and them, uh, Quanis and them, they all just tell me to play hard and my talent will take over. And today it did definitely, you know, um, learning, just learning and watching Maul and Marcus and T-Mark and them in my position, just learning from them guys and just going out there, copying it and trying to do the best that I can, um, you know, to help them guys win and to help the team win. So it's definitely like One more follow-up. You, you just mentioned Jamal Shedd, Marcus. Um, you were kind of that spark in the first half. Marcus comes in after he's in foul trouble. He's that spark in the second half. Right. What, what does that say about the depth you guys have at that guard position? It just shows that, you know, we, as a team, that we really, we really prepared. You know, Coach really prepared us. Um, Corn is white. The guard, he really prepared us. You know, he um, he prepared us for moments like this, you know, so I wasn't really nervous coming in the game. I knew Marcus picked up two quick fouls, so it was my turn to just come in and step in. 
you know, to do whatever it help, uh, takes to help the team win, and that's what I did, and I'm glad I was able to do that. Today, so. Gotcha. Thank you. That's it. Thank you, Terrence. Yes, sir. So again, that was Houston Cougars guard Terrence Arsenal speaking after Houston's victory over Oregon. Uh, the thing that stood out to me about that clip was just in regards, again, that that impact winning that mentality. He's just coming into the game trying to, you know, I feel like I'm reiterating too much, but I mean, that's not really a better word to, to emphasize it, but just being able to find a way to, to find a niche for himself and being able to impact the game. I'm just, I love his comments. I'm looking, looking at comments from fans talking about who's better between Houston and the Longhorns. Who cares? Okay. If they play in the tournament, we'll find out. But until then, the Cougs should be number two in the poll tomorrow on November 22nd. Dayon, I mentioned to you before, Andy as well. You know where I, what ranking is important to me this season? And when? The last one. The the last last one. one. Mm-hmm. Houston will be number one in that last poll. Between now and then, I could not care less. This team is special. This team should get better as the season progresses. And then we'll go from there. Other than that stuff, I don't know. That's the media coming out of me. But right now, yeah, whatever. Well, you guys have fun talking about that. Go ahead. I, I, well, I think it would be interesting. Sorry, Dan. I, I'll toss it over to you in a second. Sure. But just talking to a few people here in Oregon, they were, they were obviously they don't, they don't see Houston every day like we do. And the, the thing that they mentioned was one they Houston plays hard he said that it's crazy how hard they play and and the specific one one of the things one of the persons told me is how deep they are especially especially in regards to that guard position um because this was at halftime of the game they were talking about Marcus Sasser didn't play for most of that first half and Houston's still up seven at halftime that's something that coming into the scenes look at all the accolades that Marcus Sasser is getting um Picked to be the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year. Picked to get who I've lost count how many different national awards he's been in line. And Houston didn't miss a beat because he was in foul trouble. They had someone else step up to the plate, and that's something that it's a mentality. It's a I saw. Let me see if I can get who um who's the person that that commented on the show, but he called it a culture win. And that's exactly what it is. And, and that's what it has been. That's been the story of the season the entire year. Uh, it was James Catholic who put it, culture win earlier. But it, it just, this team, again, it's something that I feel like we've probably mentioned each and every show, um, how deep top to bottom this team is, especially at that guard position. Yeah, and what was think stuck out to me to what Terrence was talking about was just focusing on the quote unquote doing what the culture requires to get in the game. And and just knowing, like he talked about that if I do those things and if I'm open, I'm gonna make my, make my shots because I know Jamal is gonna feed me. And so that just tells me like what he's learning in practice. I need to come in and focus on rebounding and doing all the intangible things that impact winning. And like he said, my talent is gonna is gonna show for um itself eventually and he's going to make shots and that's really kind of what basketball is about i love how coach samuels just really simplifies the game come out play with energy and you have a dynamic point guard like houston has had on his tour in his tenure you know they're going to be pass first and they're going to hit you in your pocket and you're going to make the shots and so houston man really just doing what houston does it really starts on the defensive end 
not accustomed to seeing them be out rebounded or not rebounding at an elite level like um they're used to. And it's really been all season, like like Chris said. They haven't really just been an elite rebounding basketball team. I think their athleticism and their ability to get out in open court, cause turnovers and kind of simplify the game and not be forced to execute in the half court has really helped them and will continue to help them um, throughout the season. And cuts on it again for, for folks. I mean, I think Coach Sampson touched on it in his post-game remarks. He told his players not to pound it inside too much. He wanted them to go kick it back outside. That's why they had more three-point opportunities tonight. Oregon blocked eight shots. And Fale Dante was – he was a man down low. He was okay? a beast. He, he closed beast. the paint. Okay? So why would you want the Cougs to get their shot blocked 10, 12, 14, 16 times you can go knock down a three, <laughs> you know? So they followed the game plan and they won the game by 10 on the road. Yep. Oregon was without some key players. Hey, that's part of basketball, part of sports. What, what would we be saying if the Cougs lost his game to Oregon without some of their players for Oregon? It'd be a whole other story. Oh, I mean, they can't even beat Oregon with Oregon lost to UC Irvine and blah, 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 blah. The Cougs won by 10 on the road and were outshot at the foul line. 13 to 14 to one in the second half. Take the yeah. win and move on. Right. And I'm seeing some other comments about other teams, people saying like North Carolina is struggling, but they're undefeated. It's early in the season. Just like the same rules apply for us as far as focusing on a little things and getting the wins. That's what happens against other good teams. Right. You're not going to look your best right now in November. It's about stacking the wins. Like Coach Sampson just said, learning and winning and continuing playing your best basketball as the season gets on into February and March. And so, like Chris said, the rankings don't really mean nothing. The close wins, all that stuff don't really mean nothing. It's just about getting those wins. I don't care really how you do it. It's about winning and continuing to get better and better and better. So I'm just reading some of the comments, and it's kind of kind of baffling. Because, folks, Andy they, uh, and the fans would agree, too. I, I don't want Houston to be Gonzaga, go undefeated to the championship game and lose for the first time. Yeah, Gonzaga, I don't want yeah, that. Every okay? Year. I, I don't want that. If the Cougs lose two, three, four, five times before the tournament starts, but wins six in a row, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, that means a national championship. And as an old head like I am, who remembers lose to NC State a long, long time ago, <laughs> I don't want that to happen this year because this team is special and could, could win the championship in Houston in April. Let's just enjoy the ride, folks. I'm done. <laughs> Big key on the could, Chris. Could does not yes, guarantee correct. anything. And, and you know, if whatever, we don't know how the season's going to end. Certainly not. Um, what? It's it's November, so they still got five months? Five months left of the season? Four months left of the season? Um, if they're trying to play into April, I guess technically they have even more than that. So um, it's a one-and-done tournament. So on any given night, you don't know what happens. And you know right away if Houston doesn't end up in the Final Four or whatever, they're going to be the naysayers out there saying, oh, this team didn't reach its potential and this and that and this. But you got to be able to enjoy, like you said, Chris, these games, especially playing in a hostile environment like this. Like I said, it's first true road game of the season. But – 
especially for the freshman overall. Arsenal's been a story, but Jairus Walker, he didn't necessarily have any eye-popping numbers, but he did have a lot of great plays, and he hit a couple of big shots. I think the, the play that sticks in my brain that, that was just sensational, <laughs> he was guarding an inbound play um, on one side. He's Obviously, he's lengthy as heck, and he's guarding the inbound pass. He tips the, the the inbounder was trying to get the pa- the ball in. He jumps up, gets it as it's going out of bounds, and then he volleyball spikes it into yeah. the Oregon player, and that that buys Houston a possession. Like that's that stuff right there. That I mean, you you can't teach that. That's just pure athleticism at its peak. And like Kelvin Sampson said in his post game availability, that's something that you know, and something he said throughout the Terrence Arsenal, the Jarris Walkers, all players, top list on top to bottom in the rotation, they're going to be better a month from now than they are right now. They're going to be better two months from now from where they are a month ago, and so on and so on and so on. The direct quote that that Kelvin talked about was, it's still early. It's not time for them to be playing their best basketball in November. Um, It's game five of the season, not game 25. So that's one of the key features of Houston, of a Kelvin Sampson team. They're going to continue to improve as the season goes on. And Jairus, he's like so – patient i, I kind of see what coach Sampson means where he's like I, he kind of wants him to be more aggressive and shoot the ball a little more because tonight he was only four for nine and he impacted the game and just his skill set some of the moves he make he'd be like man I, I see why all the um all the media and all the rankings and everything because he has a, a special skill set with his special size and athleticism on him only being 18 19 years old Man, and just thinking about, like you just said, Andy and Coach Sampson said, as they continue to develop, they get this only their fifth, Terrence and um, Jarrett's fifth game in, in college, their first road game. So just imagine uh, when we get in conference play, when they when they, we get even in December and January, where they're going to be even more battle-tested. Man, and, and I, I just can't wait. And um, King Jaja, I wasn't really responding directly to you. I, really, that was more of an overall. I, I see some – comments also on twitter people saying different things about rankings and other teams so it wasn't to you brother yeah and and it's a one and done tournament you know so anything can happen in the tournament the tar heels record before the tournament last year was not very good i mean y'all remember there was some people tar heels fans questioning the job hubert davis was doing Early in the season. Yeah. Early in the yeah. season. It was. And then it got and then it got a rolling. That's, <laughs> yep. that's what this is all about. Getting it rolling at the right time. Yeah. And let me say it. I saw somebody I retweeted it. There are some people in, in NBA circles who believe Terrence Sarsnow could be one and done with mm-hmm. more minutes this season. I don't think he should, but if he gets a first round guarantee, he should go. That's first round guarantee. So the Cougs are getting to a point where they're getting better talent, more talented players, four stars, five stars, and some one and done. But you know what that also means? Better talent, not as much experience. So it's a balance that you got to, you know, work. The staff has to figure out and just make it fit because you want to have some veterans, but you do want to have some talented players. And some of the guys are bringing in for Big 12 are more talented star rating wise than this group. But that's the part of the program that is developing and is establishing a national relevance to big time talent. I'd be very surprised if Terrence is a one and done. I, I would be. He very, shouldn't be. 
but there, I mean, I've seen it for like a month now. There are some folks. I wouldn't doubt it. Who I believe would. that he, you know, he's got to play more and have games like this on a consistent level. And then who knows, you know, so. No, you're right. I agree. I just would be said, no, I agree. I agree. I can, I can, I believe it 100%. And like like you said, Chris, if he's able to stack up performances like he did tonight for consistency, like going back to what Kelvin Sampson said just a few days ago, if they can start being less of a tic-tac-toe where there's X's and O's, X's and O's, and following consecutive X's or consecutive O's, then it's going to be a much more a valid conversation in terms of if Terrence Arsenal could be owned and done. But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, it's only one game. It's barely the fifth game of the season, so there's still – uh, way more basketball to be played, but obviously from a fan perspective, that's something that you get caught up in the details. Um, looking at some of the comments, um, they're kind of touching on the same thing. Sean says, if Terrence shoots this well, he'll definitely get an NBA Combine invite. And again, some of the stuff that we've talked about, I think this is an interesting point that Apollo, um, I'm going to end up butchering the, the second part of the name there, Apollo Luxius. Because Arsenal looks fearless and has a smooth a stroke in regards to his jumper. And that yeah, first part right there for fearless, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Just and, and it's something that, Chris, I'm curious to get your thoughts since uh, you've interviewed him in person as well. It's just something, it's there's something about a demeanor about him. He just seems, even though he's a freshman, he seems like a prof, like he seems like he's been there before. And I'm right. curious to get your thoughts on that. And it's cl- clearly high school is not college, okay? It's a different level. But in terms of big games, he's played in them in high school, championships, and he's shined in those big moments. He just, you guys have been around in media, fans know it. He seems to have it. Whatever it is, Terrence has the it factor. Okay? So if he continues to, I mean, let's be honest. These first five games, he's at up and down like freshmen do. But if he plays well consistently, this team will be even better <laughs> or, you know, going forward. But he may struggle Saturday against Kent State. Who knows? But potential, there will be some scouts. Some team may have seen this game against Oregon. And some GM may have said, do we have Arsenal on our list? Because I want you to start scouting him and see what he does for the rest of the season because he has a bright future and we need to be involved in that process. Folks, it only takes one team, one team yeah. to believe in a player and say, Terrence, we're going to give you a first-round pick. Then he should go. It only takes one. It's highly possible. It's, I'm going to go ahead, Andy. No, I was just going to say that in this game of all of all games to do, there was a lot of NBA scouts present. Um, they had the top row there reserved for NBA teams, and um, so he had showed out. So I, I wouldn't be surprised because, like you said, just probably a – couple of different teams that they were in attendance and they they're starting to they're going to certainly pay, at the very least pay a much closer attention to Arsenal going forward but Dan go ahead yeah I was thinking it's highly possible uh, I've just seen another comment with will Marcus be a first round draft pick I, I think so and I think it, when you see college and when guards specifically have a good tournament run on a bigger stage on national stage and, and just thinking in my mind with the potential and what he can do, and if he does what he should do and the teams do what they can do, I, I think it will elevate him into a first-round uh, draft grade for sure. But um, Terrence, man, I think I agree with everything what you guys said. He's just 
I, sometimes just this is just my personal opinion. I, I definitely understand that going if someone gives you a first round grade, but I see so many guards that go to the NBA. They may get their promise. They may get their draft pick. They getting lost in the G League, um, in the in the G League system. And anyway, that's not bad. You making money doing your dream, so I don't knock it. And just in my personal opinion, if I had a son or brother or cousin or anybody, I would advise them to stay in college till you get, especially with a coaching staff like Houston, they can help develop you that way. When you come to the NBA, you ready to impact the NBA and not just be a quote unquote project or potential player. They drafting your potential and you're on the bench and you got to go to the G league. You got to do this. You got to do that. And so, uh, that's just my opinion, but I, I the sky's the limit for him for sure, man. I I, I, I don't knock any player who, who goes sure. and take whatever route that they go. That, I, that's yeah. it's just my opinion. No, no, and that's valid. It depends on the family situation. Okay, I don't know Terrence's family, even though his mom, we think we're related. Honestly, we do think we're related. Going back family, family tree far enough, we do really think we're related because her maiden name is Gardner. Um, but I don't think Terrence should go, even if he gets a, a first-round guarantee in the late 20s, because potentially he could be a lottery pick next year. And I think if that's the case, stay and come back, shine in the Big 12, better competition, all those things. But if his family situation, you know, warrants it, and he thinks to, to support his family, he's going to do it. So it depends on his situation. But just think about that. Marcus Sasser, Jairus Walker, and potentially Terrence Sarsnow could be three coups going in the first round. I have no idea how long ago that's been <laughs> for the Cougs to have <laughs> that kind of NBA quality talent on the roster. Yeah, Jairus for sure, t- lottery. <laughs> oh, lottery, yeah, ain't no question about I mean, that. Think, think about that. Lottery. <laughs> for older folks who are tuning in, Help me remember, because I don't know how many times the Cougs have had potentially three first-round NBA players on the roster. Okay? And it's got to be Jerry might be right, going back way way back to Faslama Jamma. That's 40 mm-hmm. years. Okay? So the talent level's there, and we could be entering a new era of the Cougs getting some, some one-and-done talent. Yeah, and Coach Sampson mentioned that the um... – other day and we were talking about we now we're on a on a national stage so mm-hmm. now we're recruiting more national players and and i think that's going to continue as they continue to have more success and they move up to a bigger conference um houston continues not houston but um people around houston continue to roll out them checks <laughs> they will continue mm-hmm. the nil go continue that's what i'm referring to people mm-hmm. just in case you know yeah. i'm referring to that Houston's going to continue, and they should get some of those players. And I think I saw another comment earlier. They was asking Mercy, uh, Master P, someone still committed to Houston. He is still committed to Houston. So, man. That's 2020, That's 2024. Yeah, yeah. Someone was just asking the question a, couple, Which is, a few minutes ago. But, um, man, yeah, I think the, the national recruiting is going to continue to get better. And I think that changed after – well, obviously after the final four years then last year. But, yeah, I think it's gonna, that's going to continue. Now, I think I'll say this. You got to let me know if you agree. I don't believe Coach Sampson will ever recruit or try to sign four or five one and dones. He's not going to do that. Not his philosophy. Now, Mm -hmm. if they're all fit the culture, 
that's a lot of that's a lot of ifs because it's very rare to get five stars who are egoless like Jairus Walker. Okay, now two five stars. I mean, we're talking Kentucky one. It's you know becoming a factory one and done. I don't see him doing that because of he wants experienced players to help stabilize the program. But yeah. talent level is rising, and the Cougs are nationally relevant. There are kids across the country who now look at the Houston Cougars men's basketball program and want to play here. And Coach Sampson has said this. All they know is Houston winning. They don't remember how fine. They don't remember those days. All they yeah. see is Houston Thank winning. Thank goodness. <laughs> and, and I agree, Chris. Only, only way that I can see Coach Sampson doing that is if it's by necessity. If we have three or four players that leave, and he has those four or five type of kids who want to come here, and they and there's kind of a need because Jerris was a need. Like we needed that position, and we needed him. Like that was a need. Uh, he might not come out and say it, but with Fabian gone and leaving, that was that position was a need. And so uh, I agree with you, but I think it could be a possibility only if the stars align. Only if it's like you said, they all, you know meet all the criteria that he likes, but I think mainly it'd have to be, in my opinion, a need. Like we'll have to need these positions because like he likes experienced players. He he does. And uh, before we I guess hit the last segment as we start to wrap things down, I once again I want to give a shout out to our primary sponsor, the Saxonian family, Let's Rage Cougs After Dark, the unofficial Houston postgame show for men's basketball in particular in this show and the football team, um, we have the regular season finale next. Next Saturday is going to be a busy Saturday because Houston, the men's basketball team, tips off against Kent State 1.30 p.m. inside the Fertitta Center. So we'll have Let's Rage Cougs sometime between 4 and 5 probably. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to pack up. I'm going to pack up. And then we're going to walk over to TDCU Stadium. Chris, you, should, you might as well just stay and, and, and go for the last game of the regular season. Um, TDCU <laughs> Stadium. On, the- I, I might, but I doubt, I, I think, because I may have other, other games to cover. So oh, yeah. who knows, man? So, yeah. Where, where the football team will host Tulsa um, in their regular season. And finish 8-4. and Who would have thought that weeks ago before Memphis? Yeah. Well, it's Chris, you <laughs> saw what Navy did to, to Central Florida. There are no guarantees, uh, especially uh, the way this season has gone. It would it would there's, there's no guarantees. Oh, very um, true. But so that game will kick off at 630 p.m., which means we'll probably have this is going to be a first two Dutch Rage Cougs on the same day. Um, we'll probably have that at. It'll be Let's Rage Cougs after dark again. So for all you 43 viewers that are watching live and all the many multiple that that watch after um, the live version, be sure to check us out next week when it'll be Let's Rage Cougs after dark part two. This time from the football side of things. But a final shout out to all our sponsors. We'll start with Tex. With BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cooking, be sure to follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BB's Tex Orleans. And uh, we'll follow it up with the Fritz Kennel. They, Fritz Kennel is a family-owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding. And last but not least, 
we will toss it over to the Hoop and Holler, the Houston Micro Collective, that is the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, which Star Pizza ended of itself another sponsor here for this episode of Let's Rage Coops, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And as we've Done for the last few shows. I'm going to go around. Dayan, I'll go to you first. What is your final takeaway of this game, and what will you be looking forward to um, next Saturday when they host Kent State? Jamal is the engine that makes us go. He's the engine. I think this team is going to go as far as Jamal helps carry us on any given night. His impact is you, you can't really put into words how the big of an impact and how much he means to this team. And so I'm praying for health and I'm going to be watching him. But for the next game, I think I'm going to see just which player is just – I don't know. It's just because it's hard. It, a game to game, each player can step up. But I guess my last one was Jamal making his first three. He made two and then he piggyback off that. I think he made two again tonight. And I think next game, I want Tremont to be a little bit more aggressive. I think Tremont is going to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. I just said he had a great game tonight. I just think offensively, I want him to be a little bit more aggressive. That's what I'm be looking to see if he's going to be a little bit more aggressive next week. And I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at Kent State. They're five and zero. They beat Northern Kentucky. To start the season by 22. They beat something called Baldwin Wallace by 21. I don't know what that is, what division that is. They beat Portland by 12. Arkansas Pine Bluff by 26. I think Pine Bluff's had some success other against other teams. So that's kind of a big one. And then they beat Chicago State last night by 29. So they're 5 0. I would call the, those teams, you know, Murderers Row, but they had go on the road Wednesday to face College of Charleston. So that'll be their game before they face Houston on Saturday. Don't know much about them, but we'll find out about Kent State before Saturday from Coach Sampson. And it's a home game. Home games are wins for the Cougs. I just keep it simple like that. You know, a Saturday, home game is simple. A Saturday afternoon home game at that. So. Yeah. So the Cougs will they'll win. And talent-wise, recruiting-wise, the program is in a great position. They're getting the best local player. They're getting top player in the state or top whatever. Cordell's like top 20 in the state, whatever you want to call that. They're getting national players now. And they're not done bringing in talent for going for 24 because talented players want to come play for Coach Sampson and the Houston Cougars. So – Let's just keep enjoying the ride. It's going to be a long ride. Enjoy the journey, and we'll see what the Cougs do this Saturday against the Kent State's, what, Golden Flashes? Uh, let me confirm that real quick. Houston <laughs> really loading up in the yep, front yep. court. The Golden Flashes. Oh, uh, I'm just going to just kind of keep yeah. talking while you were looking it up. Big, <laughs> big and tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, loading yeah. up in the front court because it's just kind of foreseeing the future. We know Reggie's graduating. He's going to be gone. Jared's going to be a lottery pick. That's two front court players gone. You got JVA and Reggie coming back. And um, Ty, I mean, Bowser is graduating. I was kind of tired of Ty's Bowser. Bowser. I, I, you, I want to as well. Yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Bowser's graduating. So a lot, of, a lot of depth in the front court. Um, Houston is loading up in the front court recruiting line. For and sure. And they'll probably get the pick of 
what veteran in the transfer portal for experience. Yeah, just enjoy because I mean, there's and the, players the, who, who want to come to Houston. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing because Chris, I'm sure you've been told this as well, but that there's a lot of players that want in the transfer portal that want to come to Houston um, when that transfer portal period opens, and Houston's at a point where they choose who's the right fit and who they want to be in this program. Um, and they don't care. And you've heard Kelvin Sampson mention it millions of times. Just he doesn't care about rankings. He doesn't care about all these stats and numbers. He cares about fit and who's going to buy into the culture. Um, the way he phrases it, submit into the culture. And that's the point where Houston has been able to create an identity and have that level of success year in and year out that, like you said, Chris, it, it some of the so a lot as the success continues, people are going to start to become spoiled, and it, it it's enjoy the process because it doesn't last forever. Right, and, and I, I tell you that, <laughs> okay, because Andy, you you did not see you were not here for the dark days, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and literally, Hall Finals was dark, dimly lit. I remember. I mean, just awful. Facilities are bad, everything. So this is another golden era in, of Houston Cougars men's basketball. For however long it lasts. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to enjoy it. And hopefully this year or one of these years, it's going to end in a national championship. And then if that happens, I will lose my mind as an <laughs> alum. I might have to hand my credential to somebody else because I will act a fool on the court. Trust me, on the court, I am going to act a fool if that happens. I'll be right there with you. Can't wait to see that. Uh, As we wrap things up, I did want to bring up this uh, comment from James Catholic, Marcus Jones. Obviously, he did it for years for the Houston Cougars, um, and he did it again for the New England Patriots today. He had an 84-yard punt return touchdown that – it was five seconds after the game. It sealed the win for the Patriots over the Jets. So, a big props to Marcus Jones being able to excel at the next level for – uh, the Patriots and Cougs in the NFL. It's always good when you see uh, alumni shine for Houston in the at the next level. But that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. I do want to remind everyone, as you see, our role of sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring Let's Rage Cougs, be sure to do so by reaching out at Let's Rage Cougs at gmail.com that's all lowercase that's let's rage cougs at gmail.com no extra symbols no spaces nothing in between it's just let's rage cougs at gmail.com once again this was let's rage cougs after dark presented by the saxonian family houston number three ranked houston and it'll be a higher by the by probably by the time i wake up so we're, we're 11 it's it's about to be one in the morning on Houston time. So right. big props to everyone that stuck around. Once again, the final score number three ranked Houston defeats Oregon 66 to 56. Marcus Sasser actually ended up leading all scores um, as, it, with 16.5, 13 shooting, three of nine with on the three. Uh, Terrence Arsenal, we talked about it. He brought up 15 points, had five rebounds, and Jamal Shedd was right there with those two other guards. 13 points, he had four assists. And that is going to do it for this episode. Be sure, if you haven't done so already, to follow us on Let's Rage Cougs on TikTok and Instagram. It's similar. It's all lowercase. No special symbols. Let's Rage Cougs. And follow us on Twitter and on YouTube at Pod Jamma. That's P-A-W-D. S-L-A-M-A-J-A-M-A. Dayon, I'll toss it over to you first. Where can people find you, sir? Like it shows on the screen, you can follow me at Dayon Dunlap on all social media platforms. 
appreciate all the co- consistent support. And um, just keep it up. Keep keep going us with you. Want to keep growing the show? Remember when we started this last year around the tournament time, and to see how far we come. It only inspires me to keep going. Inspires us to keep going. And we know there's another level that we can reach. Chris, as always, thank you for allowing us to use your platform and your YouTube channel to be able to stream. Where can people find you? My pleasure, man. I, I'm I'm continued proud of you and what you've done with Less Rage Cougs and, and how it continues to grow. Hope the fans appreciate what you're doing. And Andy's a star. Dayon, home games, people walk by us where we're sitting. Less Rage Cougs guy. Great job, man. Love the show. Andy's a star, Dayon. He's a star now, man. So, but I'm very proud to have the show on my Houston Round Bar View channel on YouTube, HoustonRoundBarView.com, Houston Round Bar View on Instagram, Twitter a little bit different, even Houston Round Bar View on TikTok, but on Twitter, ZHR Review. Looking forward to this Saturday's edition of Less Rage Cougs. Enjoy the ride for as long as it lasts. I think it's going to, this ride is going to last a while. Not yep. just this season, it's going to last a, a while. So just enjoy that. And Thank you to everybody who's stayed up late for this show and onward and upward because we got other ideas and plans. And I think at some point we're going to take this on the road literally and maybe at BB's or, or star pizza or whatever, doing a show or, or something like that. Who knows? We get and to get big enough, man. We're going to have a, a party for loyal fans <laughs> something like that, you know, big time, you know, Final Four party. How about that? Ooh, how about that? I put that out there. Coos get to the Final Four. We have a Let's Rage Coos party. Yeah, speak it into existence yes, once again. Uh, thank you for all you guys. Like Chris, like you mentioned, for all those that stayed up late and viewed it. It's about to be 1 in the morning Houston time. However, you may be listening, if you're listening to the audio only, or if you're catching the replay on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel, thank you for you guys as well for being able to support the show if you want more post-game coverage, be sure to subscribe on YouTube at Pod Slam at Jamma. Uh, we had a couple of uh, the Houston team warming up. I had did a short of them. I was gearing up in short stuff like that that you're not going to catch anywhere else because I was the only Houston media guy here um, this stop, stop, on stop. tonight. Say that again. I was the only Houston media guy here in Eugene, Oregon. And we Who's- know him. That we stay, we stay to stay like license plates, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, in a, in a, the next time Houston is not playing at Fertitta Center, we might have a Let's Rage Cooks takeover, Chris, in uh, in Fort Worth, and James in Fort Worth, James as well. Yeah, we're gonna have like, damn, say it one more time. State to state like license plate. What, what's you saying? Yeah, we we stay to stay like license plates, baby. Yes, sir. On that note, we'll see you next time. We'll return Saturday. A doubleheader. Houston men's basketball tips off 1.30. Houston Cougars football kicks off at 6.30. Until then, thank you for watching and go Cougs.